Hello, ethical slutters or fans of this ethical slut podcast. Whoever you are, I wonder, who are you? Hmm. So, here I am, standing in the raised patio. I booked in after the, the patio of the town hall near where I live. And uh, it's old for where I live. Looking up at some keystones. If you don't know what a keystone is, then I don't know. You can look it up. It's kind of interesting. It's a keystone concept, but that's not what we're here for. We don't think about keystones. Not what we're here. I mean, are we really here at all? Are we here about. We're here about sex and ethics and relationships and ethics and, uh, and how to be a, a good person I suppose is what I'm interested in um, you know, wondering where do I fall and even the thought occurs to me now why do I want to put myself on a scale why, why do I need to have some people above me and some people below me and have some sense of where I sit within that scale. I don't know. Hmm. What purpose does that serve? I'm wondering. But sexy tales, sexy tales, what can I say about sexy tales? Uh, <laughs> I got into trouble for playing some music when my neighbours were having sex and uh, my downstairs neighbour, Neil, who's Part of a cycle, and I've been justified in using such hateful language. Um, whether justified or not, <laughs> uh, because Neil is being very tricky. Um, I think, yeah. Anyway, so he heard me play some music when they started having sex. And he thought that I was being passive aggressive. Um, but yeah, I that wasn't in my mind. I was just like, I don't want to hear them having sex. So I'll put some music on. Yeah. Anyway, but they sound like they had good sex. I mean, this guy is uh, living there that shouldn't be there. That's his girlfriend who should be there. Um. And so he'd want to be, you know, given the good stuff to her because um, he's a bit of a dick and he's putting her residency there at risk. But oh, that's not very sexy either. I mean, oh, people, it's so good to be housed, you know, even with all the stress and feeling insecure because of social stuff going on, which the social does inform the political, I guess, or the actions of of the organisation, though it takes a lot of social pressure and organised social pressure. It's kind of, it's upside down, Miss Jane. It's not really a surprise that a lot of these um, subsidised housing situations end up being just a uh, a, like a viper's nest. So I am ethically struggling with um, actions that I'd like to take that are, are 
a secretive than me. In one particular situation, there's a lady who has done done me wrong in all of this, and uh, she she does the great crime of taking shopping trolleys to her place and leaving them on the footpath. Uh, yeah, so there's actually like um, there's yeah. There's another guy, the angry bird guy, Sean, doesn't like the shopping trolleys either, but he's not very good with technology, so doesn't know that he could just go online and report her anonymously, or go in the drawer for $10,000, um, or, um, yeah, say specifically that it was her in the notes. I have thought of these things, and then I think, Louise, 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 this is the path to having the disease that these people have of just pettiness out of, oh, I don't know, I guess the pettiness comes from some entitlement and, and I don't know if it's cowardice or just like the reality of the situation being that to be seen is to be in danger, is to be at risk um, in many ways by these organisations until you need them. And then not being seen <laughs> really sucks. <laughs> but yeah, this dude, uh, I was standing outside my place, had to get into a special position, especially just to be able to look in through the, between the bars at the bottom, like at the, the patio railing and, um, and yell at me through the glass, the curtains open, like, because I'd been making too much noise, putting my bird away, rolling her on her rolly, rolling cage. Um, yeah, because it's a new situation. And so I'm still trying to figure out and work out the kinks, literally. And so it's getting ready to go to the doctor. Turned around, there was this bright orange shirt. <laughs> and I don't know, something about like that just struck me immediately. And then his angry face and his voice yelling and not being able to understand. And it was scary, honestly. It, 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 yeah, this is the first time I've left the house since it happened. I think it was like four days ago, which is actually pretty good, leaving the house. But it's like, can I do it, you know? Can I get out of here? Um, and also, like, between the bird waking up and, um, you know, there's this getting to get out of my place. It's kind of like I've got to go down some steps. And right at the bottom of the steps, it's like he's, I can't, like if he decides to stand in a certain spot in his courtyard, I can't get past him without him seeing me, me seeing him, <laughs> makes him sick. And he stood there waiting for me before. <laughs> and, um, he stood there waiting for me just so he could be looking away pissed off. And then I was in truck and I went, oh, hello. And then, then he was like wanting, you know, attention um he uh oh, recently wrote me a couple of mean notes 
had one day where, okay, this is the cycle for real people. Like, uh, be careful who you're nice to because it can start some shit with, with others where they, yeah, they have this, um, with him. Anyway, this sense of entitlement to my time, energy, and attention, and um, I guess it's like that parasocial relationship thing. I think he had me built up in his mind as something or other, I don't know. But uh, it's gone bad, and now, yeah, and I've been taking affirmative action but you know there's a reason why there's a whole lot of stuff in the news about women not getting um treated properly fairly um or whatever whatever it is you know yeah so i was listening to this lady who who was one of the earliest um sort of murder or the earliest like the og uh true crime podcast ah person and she one of the early adopters of that genre and she was saying one of the things that came out of her research um, that the, the women who ended up getting murdered had in common was that they were nice to their murderers. <sighs> so I realised I had to stop being nice and then I managed for ages and then one day he said hello Zoe in such a way that broke my heart and I said hello Neil and then of course, the very next day, he's coming up to my place saying, hang on, I just remembered this thing because he'd started getting drunk and he'd been hanging out with some of the other neighbours. And so, yeah, so that's, that's uh, been an interesting thing to see how um, other people who you would think would be against violence against women and that sort of thing like if you told them that somebody was being you know doing something they'd be like oh you know whatever but they're actually uh their actions are exacerbating the behavior people people wind him up and bitch about me get him more mad and more self-righteous and he remembers more of his own story and forgets the parts where he's been Things that he's probably, he'd probably feel ashamed of. That's often the way though as well. But the things that you do wrong, you don't tend to remember. But the things that other people do wrong to you, that that's the stuff that sticks. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's that. Oh, not very romantic, really. Um, I don't know, unless... Uh, Unless you're into um, neighborhood torture porn. <laughs> uh, I'm like tiptoeing around. I'm like, oh my God, what have I become? I'm like sneaking out of my apartment <laughs> in this echoey town hall uh, front area. With traffic in the background, like, oh, and a rainbow. Oh, my goodness, there's a rainbow right in front of me. I wonder, I hope I can take a photo of it without stopping the episode so I can put it on the the thing. Oh, my God, it's so beautiful, everybody. 
Heartless down into the rainbow. I'm so excited. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe there's something. Maybe there's something poetic in that. You know, just when you think life is shit, you turn around and hey, there's a rainbow right in front of you. Unless like it's meant for just you. Wow. I haven't seen a rainbow in a long time. It's really beautiful. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm speechless. That's a fact. Oh. I want to do another big shout out to Jessica because she is going through some shit. She is. I don't know how much of her business to share, but trouble in mind, I'm blue, but I won't be blue always. The sun is gonna shine in my back door someday. <laughs> I haven't sung for ages, so I, I, I hope that was okay. <laughs> Trouble in mind, I'm blue, but I won't be blue always. The sun is gonna shine in my back door someday. <sighs> bye bye, rainbow. Oh, a little smidge of it still. Close to the horizon line. This is the horizon line. Horizon line. <sighs> Been listening to a lot of a podcast called Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one on one conversation. Chris Gethard. Oh no, I couldn't get him. It's like, oh, how do you, how does, how do people say his name without saying Gethard? It's like, Gethard, or something like that, even though it's kind of spelled Gethard. Anyway, I've been enjoying his podcast and listening to people just, yeah, open up. I, I've gone back to the earliest ones because it's sort of there'll be things in the comments on the next one that relates back when he does his intro at the start. I want to be in on all the jokes. So I've started back at the beginning, but um, I... I just listened to one. It was the first hang-up, and it was the bunch of banked episodes that he did before he released it. And, um, oh, it was super awkward. Maybe I could take some... <laughs> he's peaking in his career right now, and he's just absolutely failing spectacularly at this phone call. And um, the guy ends up making an excuse um, that his boss... Um, needed him and that he had to go and Chris was after saying, uh, there was no call from his boss. There was, yeah, no, I, and I think he did like, oh boy, uh, just projected the guy mentioned addiction at the beginning. Chris has a history of, if he's been sober for 14 years or something like that. So he just immediately projected all his shit and, and this guy was kind of like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. And then, and then when Chris is like, so, you know, 
what what bad shit made you turn your stuff around and and the guy was like oh nothing just it had been four years and I thought you know I should do it and he's like well are there any stories you know and then this guy starts telling a story and then Chris is like oh wow that's crazy you know it's like no Chris no I think if he listened back now he'd probably be mortified I think he was he was mortified at the time be interesting to hear what he says in the follow-up episode at the start like yeah he really um fell over and learned his face on a cheesy dick ha enjoy that imagery people um yeah so what else well it's 607 which means my coffee place is open and it's been nearly 20 minutes uh jessica i hope this was um distracting for you because i know Ah, uh, you're a brave, brave one. I guess you just got to do it, hey? You know, Jessica, everybody, or, or you don't. And that's when something becomes a tragedy. I don't know. Oh, cheery thoughts. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't fucking know. I just know I want to stay housed, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes including making this podcast. This could help, you know. All right. Thanks for listening, whoever you are. Massaging your ears from Australia. Yeah. Thank you. Bye for now.